Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline. Your Village is the most comprehensive site for evidence-based parenting classes available on demand. Our 50-plus classes give parents the foundation, steps, and tools for creating strong, healthy relationships with their children, resulting in responsible, cooperative, happy, and successful children and families. My goal is to help parents support their children in finding and reaching their own unique potential. The podcast is a place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your Village founder and your host, Erin Royer. Our questions today are about what to do when a three-year-old is refusing to offer any kind of greeting, so a power struggle in essence. And then the second question is a toddler hitting other kids basically out of the blue, just unexpectedly. So I'm going to dive right in. The first question is from Lindsay, and she says, Hi, I just came across your podcast, and I'm wowed by all of the sound advice I've heard in one place. I've been exposed to some good tips here and there before, but there is so much jam-packed into each podcast. I wish I would have found it sooner. I really like your way of maturely handling all of these scenarios, striking the balance well between strong boundaries, setting children up for high emotional intelligence success, and factoring empathy for everyone involved. I need your help with something. My three and a half year old used to be very social, waving, saying hello, as well as giving high fives to everyone that she sees. For the past several months, she seems to shy away. She was never shy before. Given the personality of her parents and other family members, I don't expect that shyness is in her genes. I get the feeling that she just doesn't want to say hello out of rebellion. If someone comes to the house or when we see people out and they say hello to her, she sternly looks away. When I ask her to say hi, she often shakes her head or walks away. She often ends up talking to them eventually if it's a subject she wants to talk about. But it's on her terms, and greetings are not her thing anymore. It could be because I've made a big deal out of it for some time. I feel embarrassed when she doesn't greet friends, family, and acquaintances. I feel the need to apologize or to push her a bit. Otherwise, I think I look like the parent who doesn't endorse manners. 
How do I teach her to have good manners without force? I would love your spin on this, Erin. Thanks. So first of all, Lindsay, thank you for all that great feedback. I, I really appreciate it. And I love when I hear from the parents who my philosophy and my way of working with kids and helping families really, really speaks to them. So that really means the world to me. And it's definitely the reason that I do what I do. And I continue to do what I do even on those hard days as a small business owner. So thank you. So here's my answer to this question. I feel like you definitely have a strong intuitive sense of the motivation behind her behavior because that's really the important first step. Because in the class on misbehaviors and solutions, I covered the four main motivations behind misbehavior and how you can get a good sense of which one it is. And so this is the first step. Then I go into how to work with each of these misbehaviors given the motivation behind it. And I do think you're spot on with this as her motivation. You're also probably spot on with the catalyst for the change. And unfortunately, toddlers and preschoolers enter this push for independence around 18 months. Some will be a little earlier, some later. It picks up through the age of two and usually peaks around two and a half. But as with all things development, there is a wide range of normal here. And this pushback and this grab for power can come and go throughout these early years. Then, of course, depending on the temperament, some kids will consistently test the power dynamic strongly throughout childhood if they have certain temperament traits like high in persistence. The other big push for independence is during adolescence, so it's really helpful to get a good handle on how to deal with these power plays that can turn into power struggles depending on how they're handled. During these early years, this first push for independence... You get a good dynamic for respect and boundaries and communication. So you have this foundation, you hold it, you keep it during the middle child years. And then during the teenage years, it's in place and make that so much easier during that second push for independence. Because now when they're adolescents, they're big. So you really need that mutual respect in place to make that whole stage a lot smoother for everyone. So there are some things we can set hard boundaries around, like bedtimes, finishing homework and chores and other things before we move on to something else more fun. There's other things we cannot, like eating all your vegetables or falling asleep at nap time or forcing greetings. The more we try to force it, the more pushback we get. So we have to find other ways of working with these types of situations. So I recommend a two-pronged approach here. The first is to take the perspective of reminding and offering without forcing. The more you're able to back down, the sooner she will come back to her more natural, friendly tendencies. So first, you don't want to give reminders beforehand, and I don't think you're doing that or if you are, if you aren't, but I just want to put that out there. You don't want to give reminders beforehand because that's just going to set her into her ways of just reminding her that she doesn't want to do it. So she'll likely just go the exact opposite. So when you see someone, when you're when you're coming up to someone or seeing them, an acquaintance or a friend, or they come over, whether it's planned or unplanned, you want to lead by example. So I'm sure you're already doing this, but you want to just give a nice greeting. Then you'll see if she'll follow suit. Don't ask her, just see if she will. If she doesn't, then you can say something like, it would be nice to greet Samantha with your awesome smile or a high five. If she does the opposite, and likely she will, especially at first, because she's still going to dig in and try to see if she can get you um, to kind of get that power struggle to pull back, see if she can get you a little bit upset, a little frustrated. 
So as hard as it is, it would be best to let it go because the more you make a big deal, the more reinforcement she gets by keeping the power, by meaning she's not going to do what you just recommended. I know it's hard not to feel judged. Every parent has had an issue of feeling embarrassed by their child's behavior at some point or another, and likely way more often than we think, probably almost daily for most parents. I think far fewer parents judge us than we think, especially those in the thick of it themselves. Now, my take on things like this is this. I know that I have high expectations for my children, and I can see that you do too. You know that you have an expectation of her to be polite and give greetings. I also know they aren't always going to be the shining example either. I know that I'm parenting for my long-term goals of their development, their happiness, their success, of course, with good manners, goal setting, all those goals and things that we have for our kids. I'm not parenting for the short-term, day-to-day interactions of winning each of those small battles. So some days they're going to do things that I don't approve of or that are the opposite of what I have been teaching them over and over and over. If a parent or anyone else feels the need to judge me based on a single interaction or even a rough patch with the particular behavior that we're going through over a, a certain period of time, then that, to me, is their issue. That is all on them. If they have a need to feel superior, it tells you exactly where they are with their own self-esteem. That lies with them, and it's far beyond my need or my interest or my control to fix that. I know I'm doing my absolute best, and I'm not raising my kids to be rude or entitled or whatever the case may be. I know I'm working on it, and that's good enough for me. So I really think it helps to go out with that type of attitude so that You can try to put some space between that feeling embarrassed and your child's behavior because it really is just a stage and it will get better. The other side of this to explore and to work on, the second part of the approach, is there's a reason she's seeking the power in this scenario. So what happens is toddlers or preschoolers and children also sometimes, they'll hone in on what really matters to us and We're really good at giving them clues, so they'll hone in on this, and they want power. They use that exact scenario to grab for the power. So last week, I answered a question from a mom about mealtimes, and it was very similar. Her son honed in on the fact that she would get frustrated at mealtimes about his behavior, and so he used that as his place to try to take some power. Kids will find things that matter most to us and use that for their power grab, like I said. Now, in last week's example, we weren't quite sure if it was an attention-seeking behavior or a power struggle, and sometimes those are pretty similar. In this instance, I definitely feel like it's a power struggle based on just your own intuition about it and sharing that. That usually is a really strong indicator of what it is. And also, it just doesn't seem like she's looking for attention from you. She just wants to do her own thing her own way and is trying to show that she can do it in this place and just really feels like a power grab here. So the question is, are there other areas where you can allow her some more power? If you look through the day, are you seeing some areas or seeing some ways where she might not be getting as much power as she would like? Because this is that push for independence, the stage where she really wants to take on responsibility for herself, for choices, for her daily schedule, that type of thing. So this is where these positive discipline tools come in. Setting boundaries around our kids' safety 
and the best interest of their health, but with a wide breadth within those boundaries so that they feel as much of a sense of control, ownership, and responsibility for themselves as we can give them. This is why we offer choices all day long. It's not if we brush our teeth, but when we brush our teeth or where we brush our teeth. Now I say when, it doesn't mean you know, within a three hour period maybe, but before breakfast or after breakfast or, you know, after you put your socks on or before you put your socks on, that type of when, within like a five to 10 minute range. It's not if we eat our fruit for breakfast, but which fruit would you like to eat for breakfast? So positive discipline tools like choices, positive logical consequences, positive feedback, positive intent, they go a really long way in gaining cooperation, giving options, allowing our children to have that control that they really are seeking. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners, ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look. And some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home threads. Love where you live. To me, there is nothing more important than my family's health and well-being. We all know the quality of the air in our home is important, but did you know indoor air quality can be up to a hundred times dirtier than outdoor air? I've got to tell you about Puro Air. In 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, dander, and gases from the room. Puro Air uses a stronger filter called a HEPA-14 that filters pollutants at a microscopic level and is backed by scientists from Harvard and MIT. In laboratory studies, users saw noticeably cleaner air in just 30 minutes. When it comes to babies and children, there's nothing worse than dealing with a cranky baby or child who can't sleep because of congestion. Air purifiers can help reduce congestion and improve immune system function to fight those winter colds and flus. I use my Puro Air purifiers to clean the air in my home, especially in our bedrooms while we sleep. It has a quiet, relaxing hum and cleans the air from pet dander, allergens, viruses, dust, mold, odors, and contaminants. It has four levels, low, medium, high, and sleep and four different timer options so you can customize it to your home and your needs. Check out Puro Air at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Puro Air is the only air filter that uses a HEPA-14 filter. That's getpuroair.com. The other areas for a lot of freedom is free play. Kids need the freedom to go deep into their play. They're learning and it's supporting their development on so many levels and with so many skills. 
too much structured play or rules and expectations around play, and kids will push back in other areas. So see if there might be some other areas where you can widen her feeling of ownership and independence in her day-to-day routine and possibly in her play. Now, for parents really wanting to set up this strong foundation for mutual respect and communication that serves as a springboard for successful relationships and behaviors, the positive discipline classes are really the classes to start with for this. Intro to discipline, discipline tools for toddlers, preschoolers, and school-aged children, power struggles, misbehaviors and solutions, getting kids to listen, just to name a few. Of course, they're on the website, yourvillageonline.com, under the discipline tools section. You can go to the website, you can see the course outlines for each of the classes, you can watch a sample video for any of the classes as well. Okay, our second question is also from a Lindsay, but a different Lindsay. And this Lindsay wrote, Hi Erin, my husband and I are starting to get a little worried about our two and a half year old son's behavior of randomly hitting, kicking other kids. He's developmentally normal, physically, mentally, emotionally, and is a sweet and smart boy. There's no aggressive behavior in our house, and we do not watch graphic, physical, aggressive shows in his presence, or really an adult presence either. So we're very confused that he will randomly go up to other little kids and swat at them with his hands or kick them with his feet. The contact is not hard. We're just so baffled and confused. When we ask him to apologize, he will. He can verbalize that it is not nice to hit or kick. We try to emphasize that we only hit or kick balls. It does seem to happen when he is a little more excited and there's a lot going on. It's never in response to him being angry about something, like toys not being shared. What is this about? Why? So first of all, I want to point out there's a couple things here that you're doing really well. I really love. Um, When you talk about telling him that we only hit or kick balls, that's great. Um, Because you're stating that in the positive, which is really helpful for a toddler this age with their language. If we say, don't, we don't kick people, they hear kick and people. The don't a lot of times will get lost. So telling him what to do is great. That's a really great thing that you're doing there to help him learn what he should do instead. But also to just allay your fears about this, aggressive type behavior in toddler years is a question I get a lot. And I know it's baffling when we're very thoughtful and a kind family, very careful about exposure to anything non-age appropriate. And then our child reacts to situations, whether it's out of excitement or frustration, in this kind of way. But it is very common and normal. Now, there's a couple reasons for this. It's really simply a lack of brain development. Toddlers are very impulsive. They just react without thinking about it. Now, this is because they don't have the logical brain developed enough yet that makes them stop and think about the consequences of their actions. This is part of that logical brain, the executive function, which is what helps us think through our choices and actions and the consequences of those choices and can kind of pull us back or stop us before we do it. Toddlers don't really have that yet. It's just beginning to develop. Secondly, is that toddlers, for the most part, have almost no sense or understanding of empathy or the experience of the other. So when we say we only kick balls or it's not nice to hit, while he may be able to repeat it or even answer if you ask, what do you think, what do we think about hitting or do we hit people or why don't we hit people? He has no deeper understanding of why. He doesn't understand that hitting actually hurts the other person. So empathy starts to develop 
around the age of three to three and a half, then it takes until nine or 10 to fully develop. Now, all of this being said doesn't mean we allow a two-year-old to run around hitting, of course, because we just make the excuse that they don't know better. Of course, we want to work on it. But this is just a basis to understand that our toddler isn't destined to be that mean, unruly kid throughout childhood. What do we do with a two or three or even four-year-old who acts out physically? We do want to curb it every time and have some type of consequence, not something out of anger or frustration, but just a teaching moment. This means our toddler is struggling with this skill, and hopefully you can now understand why the struggle is so common and that our toddler needs our help to understand and make better choices. As we work with our toddler, this will help the logical brain develop, working our toddler through the process of understanding and putting some space between the catalyst and the reaction. This takes some time, but it does help that develop much sooner, much quicker, much earlier, and to help you have a a much more polite and kind preschooler earlier than otherwise if you didn't do the coaching and walk through all the steps. So something like this, you want to set a reminder Or let's say in a sharing situation, I know the ball looks really fun, but we need to wait for a turn or ask for a turn. Let's practice. So you want to, one of these steps that's really important is to go through the practice. So I understand that you're really excited, but what's a different way you can show you're excited? And your child will either answer or they will say, I don't know. You're going to give them some help. This is the scaffolding. You're giving, you're giving them an opportunity to give as much answer as they know on their own. And wherever they can't fill in, you're going to fill it in for them. They're like, I don't know. You can give them some words to say or something else they can do when they get excited. So whether they go run around in a circle around the sandbox and then come back and they calm down and then they can interact with the other kids or say they can jump up and down, give them something else to do with that energy. Okay, let's practice. The next time you come and you're super excited because the kids are playing, let's go run up the ladder and slide down the slide first and get some of that energy out before we try to interact with our friends so that we don't hurt them. So I would give them a warning, something like, I need you to use your gentle hands, or if you hit again, or you grab the ball, or whatever it was, or if you get too excited and I see you kicking sand while there's other kids trying to play there, you could get it in their eyes. So you're going to need to come and sit with me for a few minutes so you can calm down and then try again. Then I would just pull them away from the play for a few minutes. We'd sit down and we'd do some coaching about how we treat people, about the consequences of the kicking sand or grabbing the ball or kicking out a friend just because we're excited and something else that they could do instead. Then we would practice that. What are you going to do instead? And then I would let my child go back and join in again. And this is the type of coaching that just really helps new behaviors take hold and get in so that it will become a new habit. If you have a toddler or preschooler who you're struggling with with these types of behaviors, the impulsive reactions, aggression, and of course the oh-so-common tantrums, the classes I recommend for learning more about how to help your toddler develop better control and social skills are the Your Developing Toddler or Your Developing Preschooler, which covers all areas of development, including the social emotional skills development, the milestones in each area of development, ways to support strong development. So whether your child is struggling or is completely on track, there's a lot of great ways to support all areas of development from physical to social to cognitive to language development. Any red flags? 
by age that you would want to be aware of, that you would want to seek assistance from a specialist. The tantrums class, helping your child with anger, and these are all under the health and development section on the website at yourvillageonline.com. You can see the class outlines and sample videos for these also. So I haven't done a personal update in a while, so just a couple of quick things going on with us. So I'm currently trying to figure out summer camp schedules, getting everyone at least a few things they want and trying to coordinate it all. I have three different kids who want to do three different things, of course. This year, Chandler and Taylor are old enough for the junior lifeguard camp, so they will all be going, at least that's the plan, but they have to try out first. So Taylor's been swimming with the team, so she'll likely do absolutely fine. But Chandler is into hip-hop, skateboarding, parkour, and ice hockey, so he is going to need a few lessons to make sure that he can pass that test. We did a little test the other day, and he did come in under the time, but he was really close, so I don't want to call it that close. Also, for my racing, I've signed up for my next race. It isn't until October, so I'm really taking my time planning out my training right this year. But I have already started my training, and not to get too technical, but I just started a 13-week, what's called periodization phase, which is basically just building a stronger foundation to be ready for the more rigorous training to come that is race-specific. Lastly, I've hired a dog trainer. We need some help knowing how to work with our puppy and help her to have some better manners. She's going to be a very big dog, so we really need to get her really well-trained. She's an incredible dog in so many ways. She's loving, she's sweet, and most of the time extremely well-behaved, especially for a puppy. She loves all the kids at the school. I take her every day to go pick them up. And I say, do you want to go pick up your kids? And she goes running to the door to the garage and she jumps up in the car. So many of the kids at the school know her by name and they all call out her name. They gather around. She lays down, she rolls over and she just lets them all love on her and rub her belly. She's really great at leave it, which is what we say when she picks up something that she's not supposed to have. And most of the time she drops it right away. But then at times, she's a total pill. We're still having some issues with her getting too aggressive with our daughter. So we need to get that taken care of. Sometimes she just gets wild, as all puppies do. She has started getting up on the counter, not on all fours, but she can. she's big now. So she gets her front paws up on the counter. She pulls things off. Turns out she loves vegetables. She took off with the kale the other day. Last night, I found her on one of our high like bar chairs up at our kitchen table and eating food off the table. So, you know, we made a commitment to her when we rescued her that she was going to be a part of this family and we can't have her having these bad manners, especially the nipping. That could become a big issue, especially with kids outside of our family. So we really want to get this under control. So I'm bringing in a professional. A lot of you hire me for coaching. You come to watch my classes to become a better parent and create stronger bonds with your family. I know a lot about child development. And and while I am a fairly experienced dog owner, I'm no expert. I'm bringing in that help to help us learn to work with our newest family member, Miss Bambi. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered, send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next week.